Welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, hosted by me, Catherine Pond. Please join me each week as I dive into a new witchy topic, along with occasionally sharing stories of growing up in the church and how breaking away from the church helped me embrace the witch I was born to be. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast. For October 15th, 2022, the moon is in in waning gibbous. Uh, Some ways to work with the waning gibbous energy are banishing, removing negativity, rest, and surrendering. For October 15th, 2022, the moon sign is in Gemini. Gemini rules over the shoulders, arms, hands, and lungs. Surgeries are recommended for uh, this phase of the moon which is good. Um, Moving on to the card of the week, which is the Nine of Potions. This card is pulled from the um, Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas tarot deck. I actually just bought this. I was meandering around my local mall and I wandered into Hot Topic and it was just sitting there calling my name. So... um, as the name says, potions. So there's a bunch of potion bottles on shelves. And the description of the card reads, Nine of Potions. Upright. Congrats. Your wishes are beginning <clears throat> being granted. Your lucky stars have aligned and things are finally falling into place. It's time to enjoy yourself and appreciate the magic in your life. If only you could bottle this feeling. So with that being said, let's jump on into this week's episode. So this week I'm going to share a psychic experience that I had at the beginning of October. It was actually on the first. And then I also want to go over some ways to guard yourself, protect yourself, um, so you're not just this constant open vessel for energies. Because maybe, maybe you're at a point in your life where you know you have the psychic ability, but you're just not ready to tap into it. So this way, either you can set boundaries. So either you close that option, if that's what you feel like doing, or just so spirit knows when to <clears throat> approach you and when is your personal time. Um, With that being said, let's get into this week's episode. So looking back on it, my whole life, I have had experience after experience that could be qualified as um, a psychic experience. Um, And up until um, October 1st of 2022, this year, so only a couple weeks ago, um, I it dawned on me at that point that I might have serious potential to be psychic. Um, and I think the reason it took me so long to realize it is because even though I have broken away from the church and I'm no under no longer under the thumb of my parents as I'm sure anyone that's listening can relate when you've lived your whole life through a traumatic experience whether that be religion or um or any other form of abuse at all 
um, even if you've been away from it for a good chunk of your life, there's still part of it that still hangs on to you, which um, I think might be an ongoing life journey for me to heal from that. And um, just a disclaimer, I do want to mention, if you are sensitive in any way to um, abuse, rape, and death, the mention of any of those, maybe this topic, this episode isn't for you. So maybe pause it and come back when you think you can handle that. Or maybe just skip and um, go enjoy the back catalog of episodes. I have three years worth, three seasons worth of of episodes. But I did want to put that out there. I don't want to um, trigger anyone or make them, you know, um, unhappy in any ways. So I'll just jump into this story. Um, So on October 1st of this month, I went down to um, a Catholic church. And uh, what happened was, um, as I've mentioned in the last few weeks, is that I moved um, towards the end of August. And so uh, last week in November, a flyer was put in my door for uh, food pantries, and they're run out of these two separate Catholic churches, so the alternate weeks. So me being, you know, <clears throat> kind of an airhead a little bit, because I'm so busy, I didn't even put two and two together, even though I read the name and it said St. Anne's, which of course, and then it says Catholic Church. But I just went down there because, you know, I was in need of food, and every once in a while I've gone to food pantries. Anyway, so I get there, and it was just this gut-wrenching uncomfortableness just in my chest. It was hard to breathe, Um, and I was like, I took a couple deep breaths, and I said, you know that this is probably because, and I was talking to myself when I was saying this, I said to myself, this feeling is probably because of my own personal biases towards um, the Christian religion. Um, I know Catholics are like, oh, we're not Christians, but you get my point. You all believe in Jesus, whatnot. It all, to me, it all falls under the same umbrella. So I spent some time talking to myself and I kind of sort of, you know, suppressed that feeling. I walk into the church and I get greeted by this nun. And she fit every single stereotype of a nun. She had this attitude, which of course did not help comfort me in any way. Uh, She told me I had to wait outside until they opened the doors. I couldn't be anywhere inside the the church. And it was pouring rain that morning. Um, And uh, that's probably where I ended up getting my cold from, (laughs) having to stand out in the rain. I've been dealing with a cold ever since then. But anyways, um, so I go outside and I'm waiting. And then about I don't know, I think it was like 20 minutes later, somebody comes out and they hand me the bag of the stuff. And, um, you know, so now I had to wait for my ride to come and get me. And they're like, you can go wait across the, uh, across the parking lot. There's a separate building. And they're like, go stand in there. So I'm standing in there. And I was in there for probably no more than like five minutes. And that feeling of like fear and like discomfort and just I was like 
I need to get out of here. And then just as I reach to open the door and step out, this vision, um, it like literally, like I could see it right in the between my eyebrows, right where my third eye is. And it showed this little girl. And <clears throat> she had little pigtails going down like um, the side of her, like, uh, uh, what are they? Um, Pippi Longstocking, that's what I was thinking. Braids like that. But um, she was um, a Native American, and she was crying hysterically. And she was running around a room screaming for help. And then her eyes landed on me. And I felt like I was, I didn't see myself in the room. I felt like I was like a fly on the wall observing what was happening. And this nun was chasing her with like what looked like to be like a whip or a stick, like a witch. A, a, what do they call that? Um, yeah, like a stick that you break off from a tree and, you know, um, and she stopped and she's crying and she's like, stay with me. I don't want to be alone. And which made me feel even more uncomfortable. I was like, I'm intruding on this um, this personal, this, this private thing. Like I felt like if I was going to observe it, I should have been able to do something to stop it. And so I out loud, I said, what do you need from me? What do you want? And she said, just be here. I want somebody to know that this really happened. Oh my God. I didn't think I was gonna, that's why I put off recording this episode. Uh, for a while, because I, every time I tried to record it, I would I would start crying and choke up, and I'm starting to choke up now, so there might be a couple pauses in this episode for me to get myself together. Um, so I just sat there. I sat there, like I said, it felt like I was like a fly on a wall observing this. And finally, the nun just slammed I I couldn't make out what it was but something over her head and the girl fell to the ground and didn't get back up and I was just like what did I just witness and so I went to Google and I typed in the name of the church and I asked Google when was this um, you know this church built And it was built in 1920, which is in like the midst of of um, residential schools. I don't know why I forgot that word. And of course, no Catholic church is going to advertise that they were part of that. But the last residential school ever in America to close was in 1920. 96. Let me say that again. 1996. I was, I think I was like nine or 10 at that time, 10 or 11, maybe. That's insane. I was a child at that time. That's insane. So I say that to say it wouldn't be unheard of for, um, for this school, for this, uh, church to, um, have been taking part of that 
Um, and I looked, and when I looked up that it was built in 1920, it said that the first half was built in 1920, and then they had to add on because they needed more space. I wonder why they needed more space. Of course, this is me just <clears throat> guessing because they didn't blatantly come out and say it. But after that vision, I was like, I'm sure they had something to do with it. <clears throat> so I had like maybe <laughs> three minutes of just like myself, no vision, no nothing. And I was just sitting with those emotions. And as I was just gathering myself together, because I started crying, this other vision, like the other one, just like appeared right in between my eyebrows and my third eye. And it was this little boy, again, a Native American boy. And he was in a room by himself. And then this priest walks in. And again, he starts wailing on this child. And he's crying hysterically. And he, he was like bent over a table. And the priest starts molesting him. And the little boy is crying even more and he's like screaming for help. And he looks at the wall where I guess I am, like I said in the other vision, like I was like a fly on a wall, like I wasn't literally standing in the room. And I, I was just there and he's like, don't leave me. I don't want to die alone. And um, I said to him, I said, what can I do to help? And he said, don't leave me and make sure people know this really happened. (sighs) So I stayed there. And after the priest was done, And I only say priest because, again, this is on um, a Catholic church property. And on top of that, the priest, he was dressed in, like, traditional priest garb. And so I don't know what else to, to make of it. So I stayed there. So he wouldn't be alone. And when the priest was done having his way with him. He hit him over the head with a statue. And I can only imagine that he he died because he didn't move again. He didn't make a noise. And then everything just went black. It was like. It was like a scene out of a movie. It showed up in my third eye. And then when the scene was over, when whatever I was supposed to see ended, it just went black. Like like the TV screen. <clears throat> and then, of course, I got all emotional again and started crying because I didn't know what else to do. And right after that, maybe like 15 minutes later, uh, my ride... The bus had shown up, so I jumped on the bus, and I got home, and I just spent the day in, like, amazement, and, like, 
and sorrow, amazement that I was able not only to see what was going on, but also able to communicate. And um, it wasn't so much like me talking and them talking back to me. It was like they were looking at me and then I felt what they were saying, what they wanted to have said in that moment if somebody else was there uh, to witness or, or even to protect them. And after that, um, before the my ride, the bus showed up and I got on it, um, you know, when I'm in like in the midst of crying and, you know, trying to get myself together because I knew the bus was going to show up in a bit and I didn't want to be like a wreck getting on the bus. I felt like, like that little girl and that little boy were able to take a sigh and they were able to pass on. I felt like up until that point, they had been holding on because they wanted to share their story with somebody They didn't want to go to the other side without being acknowledged and somebody knowing that they existed. They didn't want to feel like it was all for nothing. Now, with all that being said, I do not want this to make it sound like some white savior. Like, of course, it had to be me that had this vision to help them cross over. It couldn't have, it could have been anybody anybody, any gender, any nationality, it could have been anybody, but I just so happened to be the person that was there. And I've really been sitting with this experience ever since that day and really kind of mauling it over and making sure that I really give this the necessary attention that it needs because there are so many people out there that are like that never happened or it wasn't that bad or I was on TikTok one day and I stumbled across this video and this woman's like well residential schools were so bad why did Native American parents keep sending their kids and I wanted to I wanted to scream I wanted to scream Because it wasn't like these parents were just like, please take my children. These children were teared away from their families. And yes, sure, maybe in the beginning, the Native Americans or some might have believed that they were sending their children to a good school so they could um, assimilate with the Americans. Maybe, but over time, they quickly realized this was not a safe school to send your children and um yeah so that's the story um that I have for this week and I definitely want to tap into this more because I've had enough throughout my life individual different psychic experiences um, like I have shared countless times on this podcast, um, I won't go into deep detail, just brush over it, but I've shared that, you know, I used to have a pet chicken, and then there was this one time when I was at the grocery store with my mom, and I had this vision of something happening to her, and sure enough, when I got home, it was, you know, she was being 
chased by the neighbor's dog. Um, So I've had little experiences like that. But like I said before at the beginning, I've kind of just brushed it off because I'm still battling with all those negative voices in my head that would be, which of course came from my parents, that were like, oh, you're just exaggerating, or you're blowing things out of proportion, or um, it's just because of your seizures, you're crazy. They loved blowing everything, like blaming it on my seizures. And um, so I'm still uh, doing personal work to heal that. So when I have these visions, um, I don't think, oh, I don't just blow them off. I'm like, oh, it's just you just being weird, like your mother and father used to say. No, this is a legit thing that I'm able to do, and I really want to hone into it. And I have found, um, even before, even before October 1st, when I had this most recent vision, I have found that when I do spend time out in nature, um, or anything that is um, healing like that, uh, Reiki even falls under that, um, that when I am, um, you know, digital, um, not digital, uh, but diligent, there's the word I was looking for, when I'm diligent at doing these things, that's when I am uh, most able to tap into this. And that does not mean that when I have those times where I like slack off that I don't have them, but they're more infrequent. So if you want to hone in, if you're like, I want to, if you're sitting there listening to this episode and you're like, I've experienced psychic, you know, experiences before, I would highly recommend adding um, some form of grounding work, like spending time out in nature or uh, Reiki or sound healing, something along those lines to keep you grounded um, so you can be a better uh, tool for times like this. Now, I'm going to mention two things that I personally do to keep myself uh, protected. So um, when I go out into the world, I'm not bombarded with other people's energies and just constant visions The first thing I do is Reiki. As I've mentioned, I, you know, in past episodes, I uh, have been doing Reiki for, I'd say, about 17 years now, I would say. And um, I have really found that that helps me a lot. And just like everybody in their practice, there have been certain times where I am better at doing it for myself. Um, Obviously, when I do it regularly for myself, not only do I show up better for my clients, but also um, it keeps me protected and grounded. Um, The other thing I really find that is helpful for me is like doing a zippering motion, like from the bottom uh, like towards my feet and then moving my hands up as if I'm like zippering a bag. And once I reach over my head, 
It's like I have zippered myself into a bag of protection. And that's my way of like protecting myself from absorbing other people's energies or any um, visions that just want to like just pop in. Uh, because just because just because I have this ability does not mean I should just pop into people's space and um, you know without their consent. So um, I hope that makes sense. And with that being said, that's where I'm gonna leave this week's episode. I want to thank you all for following and uh, reviewing the podcast. It truly helps. And I hope you all have a magical week. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode discussing Tiger's Eye and how it keeps showing up in my life. If you would like to join me in keeping the conversation going, you can do so by checking out the podcast over on Spotify, where each week there will be a question attached to the podcast, and you can leave your comment. I look forward to hear what you all have to say.